facing a charge of murder. Oh, yeah. Beretta did that. For the last time, I'm pretty sure what's killing the crops is this Brondo stuff. But Brondo's got what plants crave. It's got electrolytes. So wait a minute. What you're saying is that you want us to put water on the crops? Yes. Water. Like out the toilet? Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be out of the toilet, but, but yeah, that's the idea. But Brondo's got what plants crave. It's got electrolytes. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. Out of order. Who the hell do you think you're talking to? Did you order the code red? You don't have to answer that question. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Welcome back. This is the Zero to 100 podcast. I am your host, William C. Walker Jr. It is Sunday, August 4th, 2019. And yes, so I missed posting the episode last week. I apologize immensely for that. Uh, my brother Ricky actually was up from um, South Carolina. And then there is also a lot of work stuff going on, family stuff going on. So I didn't get a chance to um, be as consistent with it as I wanted to be in trying to put the episode together and things fell through. So this is a very different episode than it typically is. Um, usually I have like a guest and we have like a conversation of some kind. So in this episode, there actually isn't any guest person. Uh, so yeah, there's no guest, um, that I'm going to have a conversation with. Uh, I want, my intent really was to have my brother Corey on, because I actually wanted to use his legal expertise, especially in regards to Robert Mueller's testimony uh, before Congress two weeks ago. But sadly, we weren't able to really link up. And uh, so you're just going to get my thoughts today. And the primary focus of the episode is about uh, Mueller's testimony. Um, to be more specific, however, it's really the coverage and the reaction to the testimony 
um, that I wanted to focus on. And the rest of the episode is actually going to be a preview of sorts in regards of uh, what's to come in uh, upcoming episodes because I've actually already started the process of producing those. And so I've just been putting stuff together, like creating opens and um, also gathering information and also lining up people who I want to talk to uh, in regards to the different subjects that are coming up. Uh, as the time, you know, as of the time of this posting, so yesterday, sadly, there were two mass shootings in less than 24 hours. One was in El Paso, Texas, uh, where 20 people were killed uh, shopping inside a Walmart in El Paso. And then, they're, like, you know, before the day was out in the evening um, that night, in Dayton, Ohio, there were nine people killed and uh, 12 injured. And so even though it's just me today talking in this episode, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, and as always, please subscribe, 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 share, share, share the Zero to 100 podcast. You can uh, find it on most platforms where podcasts are available, like Google, Apple, uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, uh, Breaker, like all these places, just search the Zero to One Hundred podcast. You can find it, and you can email the show at zero to one hundred pod at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at WCW Poet, and thank you again to the supporters. And this is the Zero to One Hundred podcast, episode twenty. Pick up now where we left off. Mr. Stark, please. Yes, dear. Can I have your attention? Absolutely. Do you or do you not possess a specialized weapon? I do not. You do not? I do not. Well, it depends on how you define the word weapon. The Iron Man weapon. My device does not fit that description. How would you describe it? I would describe device? it by defining it as what it is, Senator. As? Uh, it's a, mm, a high-tech prosthesis. <laughs> that is, that is, that's actually the most apt description I could make of it. It's a weapon. It's a weapon, Mr. Stark. I hate Please, to if your it's priority was actually the, the well-being... No, my priority of is to get the Iron Man weapon turned over to the people of the United States of America. Well, you can forget it. I am Iron Man. The suit and I are one. To turn over the Iron Man suit would be to turn over myself, which is tantamount to indentured servitude or prostitution, depending on what state you're in. <laughs> Can't have it. Uh, look, I, I'm no uh, expert. In prostitution? Of course not. You're a senator. Come on! <laughs> Uh, you're welcome, For I what? guess. Because I'm your nuclear deterrent. It's working. We're safe. America is secure. You want my property? You can't have it. But I did you a big favor. I have successfully privatized world peace. What more do you want? For now. I tried to play ball with these ass clowns. F*** you, Mr. Stark. F*** you, buddy. We're adjourned. We're adjourned for today. Okay. You've been a delight. There we go. Because my bond is with the people. And I will serve this great nation at the pleasure of myself. There's one thing I've proven is that you can count on me to pleasure myself. Once again, this is the Zero to 100 podcast. This is episode 20. Are you not entertained? So... Uh, included uh, a clip from Iron Man 2 actually and it was uh, broken up I split it up because it's like a um, 
it's like the one of the opening scenes of the movie, and it's like Tony Stark going before Congress, and he's like uh, testifying against them trying to take control of his property. But anyway, the reason I included because I thought it was a really funny scene. It was a cool scene in regards to how uh, somebody would push back up against the congressional hearing or people attacking them and stuff like that. And I included it because I felt like that's what people wanted, like Robert Mueller to do. They wanted this dramatic scene of this guy getting up there to defend his record and defend his report and push back against uh, Republican senators who were intent on trying to discredit him and pay him as like this guy going on a witch hunt coming after Donald Trump. And um, it's it, it's like the, the reason why I included the clip from Gladiator at the beginning of the episode where he, you know, just goes on this assault and he um, takes out all these guys. And then at the end of it, because it was so fast and so quick that he just dispatched these guys so quickly, the crowd is like stunned in silence and they're not cheering or anything. And... Um, his, the person, the guy who owned him was like, oh, you need to win the crowd over, you need to entertain them. And so he just, like, did his own thing. And then he, like, snaps out and like, are you not entertained? Like, you know, it, it, I feel like it's, that's what this country in particular and us as we consume um, news and media and political stuff and, uh, and entirely is like, we look at it almost like a form of entertainment and it's so polarizing that we just get lost in the entertainment aspect of it. And that was a lot of the troubling thing in regards to the reaction to uh, Robert Mueller's, um, you know, testimony. It's like people that were upset with it or confused with it, like Chuck Todd from MSNBC had this one tweet where he was sitting there talking about, well, the Democrats got what they wanted in terms of substance but from an optics standpoint, this was a disaster. And I was just sitting there kind of like, who the heck cares about optics? Like, I understand that, like, it, in this day and age, a lot of times, especially, we get kind of caught up in the, the form or the fashion of things and the way things are trending or what's popular or what's not, but... It's like the substance to me should matter more than the optics. And that's the maddening, mind-boggling thing of it. And it's, you know, people that were critical of um, Robert Mueller during the testimony, I'm sitting there thinking, like, well, what did you want him to do? Like, this is a dude that's, you know, about to hit 80 years old, and they wanted him to pull, like, an Al Pacino from Scent of a Woman where he was <laughs> arguing back with people, and then they really wanted him to fight and argue back. And that, you know, that was just why I include like that. They want him to pull like, you know, Tony Stark or whatever, just push back and make funny jokes or cracks or whatever, just be entertaining when he was presenting this thing. And that's not real life. This isn't the movies. And that is funny coming from me because I can hear my wife laughing because I'm always quick to jump to a movie reference or, or, some some subject I go oh well, I learned that because of the movies or I thought that because of the movies and but you know the reality of it is that's not how things are that's not how life operates like you weren't gonna get this dramatic uh, showdown especially when before he even testified he had this press conference where he pretty much was reiterating his report he was gonna let his report speak for itself like 
all the work that he put into it. Like this was a like just about a two year investigation, and um, he wasn't gonna like really defer to anything but that, and he was just gonna let it speak for itself. And so, you know, while the media was so focused on the entertainment aspect of it, I feel like they were ignoring the facts that came from the hearing. And the most important thing was, despite what uh, Trump and his lackeys try to do and tweet and scream and be like, uh, this, you know, total exoneration. The first thing that, you know, Robert Mueller said was that this report does not exonerate the president. He's not exonerated. And um, the only reason that, you know, the other things that came from the details of the the um, testimony was that, like, part of the only reason why Trump wasn't charged with, like, obstruction of justice was because there was this uh, OLC opinion, which uh, stands for the Office of Legal Counsel. And what they do is um, they advise the Justice Department and um, in, in legal matters and when it involves the executive branch. And the opinion was that a sitting president shouldn't be indicted by the attorney general. So it's like they have a little form of immunity. Like they, it doesn't mean that they can't be prosecuted. It's just that the attorney general or justice department really can't uh, pursue it. And it's really left up to Congress and Senate. Um, and so the reality of the situation is Congress could very easily bring up articles of impeachment uh, for the president, but it requires the House to pass it and the Senate to pass it. Congress is in Democratic control, and then the Senate is in Republican control. So the reality of it actually, you know, both houses passing articles of impeachment are highly unlikely. So it's it's really dependent upon, you know, it's it's it shouldn't be a partisan matter because the reality of it is is that. People should care that the guy who's in the highest office is corrupt, and it, that should matter. But sadly, politics in this country in particular is so polarizing, and it's always like a, it's not even about the issues at times. It's all about, oh, I want my side to be right, or I want to be right. And it's so it's dependent upon the people to do it. Like, you know, I wish Congress would, would, uh, hold articles of impeachment hearing or would put it forfeit but the reality of it is they also understand that it would just be seen as a partisan thing and a biased thing and so they're hoping that the people come through in 2020 to get the guy out of there and then you know who knows what, what can come from that so one of the other you know it, one of the other things like that uh that struck me when people were reviewing the uh, testimony it was one guy on msnbc and he was sitting there saying how you know how they was like oh you know how people say that the uh, book is better than the movie well this is an example where you know Mueller got up there but the report was better than the movie and i'm saying you know the book was better than the movie i'm sitting there like again i'm screaming because i'm like this is not a movie and it shouldn't be like we shouldn't be seeing this thing for entertainment's sake. And it's like we lose sight of things that are important because I feel like we're too busy trying to be entertained or be uh, to care about stuff that is important. But if it's not in some eye popping or some 
provocative or exciting pre- uh, package, then we just kind of gloss over it and ignore it. So it, it's it's that's the very 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 like frustrating and maddening thing about it. And um, there's there was a book that was written by an author, and the point of it was was pretty much like how the human race or how people in general um, will entertain themselves to death. It was uh, actually a book written by Neil Postman. Uh, the name of the book was uh, Amusing Ourselves to Death, uh, Public Discourse in the Age of Show Business, and it was actually published in 1985. And like the point of the book was just pretty much talking about how um, society or people will just be so wrapped up in the amusement or, or the excitement of things or um, uh, it, it was like a, a, a look into the future very similar to like George Orwell's 1984 which uh, you know like Big Brother is watching which was the big slogan from 1984 and um, you could pretty much say the way technology is and how vast it is to surveillance people and everything and track people Then you can pretty much say it's here. And so when I look at stuff like the way Trump is and how he's a reality TV star and a con man, and it's, 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 you can almost say you can see that we're going against our better judgment. Like I remember there was a friend of mine who said they had, um, somebody they were dating had actually voted for Trump or they liked him just because he was just funny and he was an a-hole and they liked the fact that he didn't play the same political game and I get it where you I can't understand how people can be romanticized or seduced by the person who goes against the grain or isn't status quo but it's you know it comes a point where you have to be like dude let's live in reality or let's use some common sense or some logic here like there's a um there's a, a commentator who is a host on a sports station down in dallas and he was just i remember when the election was going on and he was just kind of like in awe of how trump just doesn't stick to the conventional norms of uh, um most political candidates and he just thought it was so great that there was this person shaking things up not that he was saying that he supported him it was just like it was um it, it was like the reality of people actually casting off logic or just looking at the fact that this is so crazy or so entertaining that they latched on to it and that's the the thing that's so you know frightening about it so let's look at the substance because like I said I was very frustrated that people were so caught up in the wanting to be entertained by it and wanting wanting to be entertained by our politics and and so the the facts of the matter are the facts of the the whole point of the you know the, the things that sh- stood out to me from Mueller's testimony was one that his report did not exonerate Trump because, you know, his whole thing, there was two charges that was pretty much facing him. It was uh, that his campaign was um, uh, colluding with the Russian government to um, manipulate and to steal the election in 2016. And you can't deny that there was definitely a Russian influence. Uh, a, a great um, 
you know, I'm sorry. Let me before I get into that part. Let me just focus on the, the main thing. It, I mean, it's it's hard to see to me how you could improve collusion when there was 37 people that were um, indicted from this. A, a large number of them working for uh, the Trump campaign. Um, his former campaign manager, Paul Manafort, Manafort was uh, found guilty um, uh, in regards to uh, bribery and, and payments and you know corruption in regards to this issue. Uh, Michael Flynn was, uh, you know, took a plea deal and was guilty of um, perjury in regards to his involvement with the Russian thing. And it's like it was it's it's hard to understand how you couldn't see that there was collusion. But, you know, anyway, point is, all right. So the report said that there wasn't any collusion, so you couldn't get him for that. But then there's the matter of obstruction of justice. And this is the thing where he was just. Trump is always any chance he gets jumps up there and goes uh, totally exonerated. Well, okay. So again, the report did not exonerate him. That's the main thing. It did not exonerate him. Uh, second point that the only reason why he wasn't charged with obstruction of justice is because there was the OLC opinion that you shouldn't indict or couldn't indict a sitting president. So he's in office and he pretty much has like a little form of immunity because he's a president. And so it's really up to Congress and Senate. And, you know, I went into that whole thing of uh, talk about what they need to do and how they can do it. And so I'm not going to rehash that. Um, but so it, obstruction of justice. <laughs> a lot of the rep conservative Republicans and even Trump's uh, defense will be, well, you know, you're saying I obstructed justice because I told people not to uh, testify and I told people to lie to, or to mislead people and don't cooperate with the investigation and this and that. Well, they didn't do it. They they did cooperate and they did testify. So a lot of Republicans, a lot of people go, well, how could there be obstruction if the people didn't do it so it's like so they're pretty much saying like how could there be obstruction if it didn't work and there there was a moment where that is pretty much glossed over um in regards to like uh there was a moment that was glossed over uh at the end of the um at the end of the um the hearing and i'm trying to find the senator that asked the question. I am so 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 sorry. I should have had this up. But anyway, there was a um, a senator that had asked the question or who had um, made a comment. And what was her name? Oh, what was her name? I'm so sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. It was Representative um, Mucrasel Powell, and she was pointing out that you know just the fact that. If you attempt to obstruct justice, like just attempting to obstruct justice, that's a crime. So it's the same as you can't use it as a defense of saying that, well, because the attempts failed, you know, it, how could he obstruct justice? He didn't obstruct justice because they failed. It's the same way. The easiest way to put it is if I take a gun and I shoot it at your head and I try to kill you, but I miss that doesn't mean, well, you can't, couldn't get me because 
what crime? I didn't commit murder. I just tried to do it. Yeah, attempting murder is a crime. So just because you weren't successful doesn't mean you get off. So just because his attempts to obstruct justice were crappy and they failed doesn't mean you didn't commit a crime. Like, just the fact that you tried to do it, that means that you committed a crime. So, let's. those are things that are really pointed out. And then the other part that I thought was great was, uh, and I'm sorry, I just don't have a guy's name, but there was a Republican uh, congressman who was uh, asking Mueller the question. He said, um, so you're saying that because of the OLC opinion, you couldn't indict the person. So are you saying that when he's out of office, uh, he could be indicted? And so Mueller's answer was like, yes. And it was so, like, you could tell the guy was shocked by it because he was like, what? Huh? Like, he was taken back by it. And then, so he asked it again, like, so you're telling me that if the president or if he wasn't in office anymore, then he could be uh, indicted. And again, he was like, yes. And so (laughs) you're sitting there like, yeah, moron. Like, don't ask the question if you don't know, already know the answer in advance. Like, you should, like, that's the thing. Like, from these hearings and all these things, like I said, like, there is like um, it, it's it's all like a th- um, a theatrics to a point because like they know what the answer is gonna be for the most part like they're rarely taken by surprise like they have their little traps and their way they want to try to set people up and it, so it's like for him to like ask this question thinking he was gonna get an answer that he thought was like oh he got the answer he he didn't think he was gonna get and so that was the beauty of it and. So those are the main takeaways from it for me. And so my frustration again was that those facts or those things were kind of like glossed over. And it was just like, oh, this wasn't some bombshell. Like you had like uh, Michael Moore, who is a document documentary, uh, excuse me, documentary filmmaker who was really upset. And he was just like, oh, this is a disaster. And this is great. And Mueller looks stupid and this and that. And I'm just sitting there like, I'm not sure what you thought you were going to get. Like, you're not going to get some, like, where he wasn't going to be, like, fighting back with these people. He pretty much, like, he did his job. His job was over. He was just like, hey, I did my report. It speaks for itself. I'm not going to sit here and fight with you about it. So I don't understand what you wanted me to do. But the facts of the matter is that you have a guy who's sitting in the most powerful office who pretty much committed a crime. And, you know, because of how political, how split the government is, there's zero consequence for him. And so then that really is why it's so important for us, the people, to actually do something about it. And, like that's the thing that that i just want people to understand and pay the most attention to is that we can't get wrapped up in like well that wasn't exciting or that wasn't this and this and that because it you know the optics of it or the optics shouldn't matter like it needs to be substance it needs to be we need to care about the facts and it's just like how when i was upset when marianne um, williamson the democratic candidate for uh, a couple of debates ago where she was sitting there saying well you know trump didn't win 
off of plans. He went off of saying, uh, you know, a slogan, let's make America great again and doing this and that. And so we don't need to be about plans. And I'm like, good God, no. <laughs> like, I want substance. I want substantial, like, substantive plans and, uh, you know, somebody that doesn't want to just go out there and look great for the camera and or, or be polarizing and provocative and like, ooh, look at what I did. And it, um, the other clip I had included in the opening was from the um, movie Idiocracy, which is a cult classic. And it's a movie about this guy who um, Luke Wilson plays this character who got accidentally cryogenically frozen. He wakes up in the future. And unfortunately, like the world in the country of the United States in particular in the world has just gotten dumber and it's like it hasn't gotten more intelligent but it's gotten more dumb and it's like so the only thing that people care about in the future is like food uh sex and like toilet humor or just the basis human desires and wants and things like that and um it's like it, it, it's a dark future and I, I swear it's like when I see people like Trump in office it almost makes you go dear God we're here like it's like this is it this is the idiocracy like I say that a lot like I go we're in the idiocracy because people are just like so caught up in wanting to be entertained or wanting to care about the basis things that they lose sight of the logical or the intelligent. And um, it's like, it's, it's, there's a reason why it's so easy for him to stand there in front of these crowds and to just blatantly lie and flat out lie to people, even contrary to where we can have the receipts to point out the lies, but because people just get so caught up in the soundbite or so caught up in the joy or the entertainment or this, or the fervor of, of wanting to be right with this one guy, it's like they'll ignore the basic, basic facts. Like there was a great, great documentary that I watched this weekend um, on Netflix called The Great Hack. And I am imploring you to watch it because it talks about how easy people can be manipulated and the propaganda of it, how we just freely turn this stuff over to these people. And um, in fact, like the upcoming episode, uh, which it ties to my upcoming episode in regards to conspiracies and stuff like that, that I wanted to do. So I'm not going to go all into the details of it now, but please watch that documentary. It is fantastic. It's eye opening. It's mind blowing. It's a bit, it's, it can even be a little bit frightening, but it's, I really implore you guys to watch it. So, um, that was my thoughts in regards to, the Mueller investigation and the aftermath from it and how I just want people to look at the facts of the matter and not lose sight of it. Like as much as we were tired of people beating us over the head with like talking about crooked Hillary and boy, I can't wait to have that this upcoming episode to talk about everything. But anyway, like how they were like, Oh, her emails and this and that we have to be just as like fervent to not forget that this dude who's in office right now pretty much committed a crime. And the only reason he's not going to jail or isn't indicted is because he's a sitting president. And that's the facts of the matter. Like, I don't care how it was presented. Those are the facts. So, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. So let's move on to some other subjects and 
We'll be right back. This is the Zero to 100 Podcast, Episode 20. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Thanks for sticking around. This is the Zero to 100 Podcast. This is Episode 20. So, the rest of this episode, or the this part right here, this portion is pretty much talking about um, what's coming up, or what's to come with future episodes. So, it's about to be, well, it's, you know, it's pretty much football season. Like, whenever training camp starts, it's football season. And I've been telling people, I've been telling my friends, essentially, when football season comes, oh, these episodes are going to be pumped out at a rapid pace because the subject matter is easy because I am a diehard bleed silver and blue Dallas Cowboys fan and initially when I first even there like there is no subject that has me go zero to 100 more than sports and especially when it comes to the Cowboys so um got some guests already lined up to talk football in particular talk sports uh i have one of my friends who um who is huge into fantasy football like i'm i'm into it as well um my brother Corey and ricky are into it so we have our own league that we're part of um there's this one major league that i'm super focused on which is a big deal and i'm gonna have uh the person who won that league last year uh actually be on the show so we can talk about fantasy football and coming up and um sports in general anyway so just a couple of sports quick hits because going on right now is the dallas cowboys training camp and the big news coming out of it really is the fact that ezekiel elliott is holding out so the big deal of it is he this is uh fourth year he has uh when he was drafted as the number four pick um there's a new rookie scale that was created years ago where um like no longer could you just pay rookies this exorbitant amount of money it has to be within a particular scale and it was you know done a part of the uh, players collective bargaining agreement because they hated the fact that um players were getting paid more money than veterans and you know they hadn't even proven anything in fact like the last person that got one of these um non-rookie uh deals was sam bradford the quarterback for the rams which you know and it's almost like so it's you know he it's like he hit the lottery because he was never worth the number one pick in all honesty he was a huge bust and he never lived up to it, uh, and he never lived up to the amount of money that he got for it. But anyway, so Ezekiel Elliott was drafted fourth overall, um, and he rookies that are drafted in the fourth round they pretty much sign a five year deal. Like it's four years, you know, four year deal, and then the fifth year is a, is an option for the team to pick up if they go to keep the guy for the fifth year, and so. Um, Zeke has been in the league. This is his, he's entering his fourth year, so he has two years left on his contract because Dallas already picked up the fifth year option, and um, he is in terms of 
where he is in the league, you could say he's underpaid. Like, I know it's hard to say when you're dealing with millions of dollars that these athletes are underpaid for playing a game, but he is arguably, which to me is not even that much of an argument, the best running back in the NFL. And he is not, like, in terms of payment-wise, he is, like, being paid as if he is, like, the 32nd best player in the league, running back in the league or whatever. Um, So, of course, going into training camp, there's not much weapons that players have in regards to how they get their money when um, they're under contract. They, you know, the only thing they can really do is hold out and they refuse to go to training camp or they refuse to play in a game. Like Le'Veon Bell, because he was really tired of Steelers constantly franchising, tagging him, and he didn't want them to use him up um, and then just, you know, franchise tag him, use him up, and then pretty much cast him aside. Um, when it's time for his free agency, he sat out the entire year last year. Now, there's a debate about it because some people will say, well, he lost a lot of money because um, the franchise tag, he would have got at least $14 million for playing last year. And then the deal he signed with the Jets was not as much as people thought it would be, but he really just didn't want to be in Pittsburgh anymore. So some some could say, well, he lost because he lost out on $14 million and he never, you know, he didn't make that up or with the new deal that he got from the Jets. But some would say he won because he showed that if you have the resolve, you can stick it to the team and you can force your way out of a situation if you really don't want to be there. So, um, Zeke going into this season, he said, I want to be paid, and partially because Dak Prescott's contract is up. Now, he signed a rookie deal, but because he was drafted in the fourth round, any player that's drafted outside of the first round can only sign a four-year deal. And so he's literally on the last year of his deal, so he's going to get paid. And then you have Amari Cooper, who is also on his rookie deal, but this is his fifth year and so he needs to get paid after this year as well so Zeke sees that Dak is about to get paid Amari's about to get paid I want to get my money so I'm going to hold out so my thoughts whenever a player chooses to hold out I typically side with the player plain and simple I side with the player and you're like well what these guys are getting millions of dollars and the argument that a lot of people will sit there and go in fact, there was a guy who I was giving a ride to who's just, oh, I'm sick of these players holding out. They need the contract. They just need to play football. And I hate the argument where they say they need to honor the contract because the team and the owners, they do not honor the contract. Now, uh, there, you know, there was one sports host who was saying, well, they, they're honoring it in the terms of the collective bargaining agreement. Like, they negotiated this and... This is the way it is, and if they didn't like it, they shouldn't agree to it. But the reality of it is football does not have guaranteed money. Like, baseball has guaranteed contract. When a person signs a contract, they're going to see every single dime of that. Basketball, guaranteed money. When they sign a contract, they're going to see every single dime of that. Football is, like, the only sport where it is not guaranteed money. It's the most dangerous sport. It's the shortest career. Um, But... It does not have guaranteed money. So it's like when you see a player sign a contract and it says like 
five years, $150 million, they're not going to see the entirety of that $150 million. Unless you're a quarterback. Like, if you're a quarterback, typically you do see the majority of your money. Like, quarterbacks, you typically will see. But any other position, running back, wide receiver, defensive end, offensive line, like, they rarely get to see every single dime of that. And it's because when it gets to the point where they're about to really get that huge amount or this super large amount of money, the team will typically cut them so they don't have to pay it. Because, like, they're like whenever you hear a person sign a deal, the key phrase is guaranteed money. So, or like signing bonus. So, like, for example, if a person says, Oh, I'm going to sign this deal for five years, 120 million, and 60 million of it is guaranteed. The only amount that they will definitely see is the 60 for sure. Now, they might see a little bit after that, like they might get 70 or 80, but they're not going to see the 120. And that's just the reality of it. Because these teams, when they get to the point where they really got to pay even more, they'll go, well, we could save $10 million if we cut the guy now. Or we could save $5 million if we cut the guy. So they'll cut the guy before a certain point in time. And so they, they don't honor the contract. So it really drives me crazy when they sit there and go, you need to honor the contract, but they don't honor the contract. But anyway, with Ezekiel Elliott, do I think, so at first going into it, the dates that was important was August 6th. And that was, if he didn't report to trading camp by August 6th, then he was going to have to um, push back his, um, he was going to have to push back his uh, free agency like a year. Like it was good. Like there's a crude time and, you know, once you come in for a certain time, then it like says, oh, you can join free agency in, in, in this year or whatever. So people thought, well, he'll be in by August 6th because he doesn't want to push back his free agency. But the reality of it is, is that the Cowboys already have him under contract for two years. And then after the fifth year, if they wanted to keep him, they could because they would just franchise tag him. And franchise tag is when you give the player guaranteed money. Like, this is it. You're, But it's like you get paid an average of, um, like, the top players at that position. So with running back, I think it would probably be, like, for example, last year Le'Veon Bell got franchise tag. And it was actually the second tag he got. And it goes up every year You it, the franchise tag is used. And so the average was, like, he was going to get paid, like, $14.5 million. And so the team really can control people in that regard. Like, it's the, the idea of it was supposedly to help teams keep their best players but also give money to, like, guarantee to people. But – it's actually not a great thing. Like, and I know it's crazy to say, well, what do you mean getting guaranteed like X amount of dollars for one year isn't a great thing. But let's say that player gets hurt or they have a career injury or they have a serious injury. Well, after that year is up, then they're not going to be able to sign another big money deal. So players, players typically hate the franchise tag because it really limits what they can do. And it gives all the control and power to the, um, to the team so chances are you know i mean it, it doesn't matter that august 6th is coming because the team is in a position where they can still control so i'm pretty certain i think he's going to hold out for 
pretty much the entirety of training camp. And, and the reason being is because um, Stephen Jones was on this week, past week, talking about how they put forth the offer and they thought it was a good offer. And more than likely, it was probably Todd Gurley's deal, which was like um, paying him about, I believe it's just over $10 million per year or something like that. Like the guaranteed money was like $50 million or something like that. And Zeke probably wants more than that. Like, he wants to be paid as the best running back in the league. And so, Stephen Jones at one point said during the interview that we're, we're, you know, we're damn sure not going to set the market. And it's so stupid to me to have that mindset because if you're not the one setting the market, then that means someone else is doing it for you. And, for example, with Dak Prescott, if they came to Dak Prescott before this upcoming year and said to him, hey, we'll give you four million, uh, excuse me, we'll give you four years, 100 million, like 75 guaranteed, he would have jumped at that deal. He would have jumped at it. It's 25 per year, and chances are he probably was going to see the entirety of it, but he would have jumped at it. But now because you waited and you didn't want to set the market per se, like most starting quarterbacks, like on not even really good starting quarterbacks get paid close to $30 million per year. And if you're in the elite class or, you know, it's what you think you would get on the open market and to try to keep somebody. He's on the Dallas Cowboys. He's the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, which is the most profitable sports franchise in the world. Not the most profitable NFL team is the most profitable franchise, period. Like baseball, hockey, whatever, soccer. Like the Cowboys are number one. And so when you are the starting quarterback for a team that that's high profile, you're going to get paid at least $30 million per year. Now, you could have paid less than that because now Dak's going to get paid probably within like a top four quarterbacks. Do I think he is in top four quarterback? No. The point is, because you didn't set the market, you allowed the market to set itself for you. And the fear I have with Zeke is because you don't want to pay him or because you don't want to do it, like Melvin Gordon for the Chargers is also holding out. And he is, because he's holding out, I'm, my fear is that the Chargers will come and they'll pay him this crazy amount of money and then you're going to have to turn around and now you're going to have to do better than that because you can't match it. Zeke is not going to be like, no, you got to pay me more than what Melvin Gordon got. So I would prefer them to just go ahead and set the market or pay him but the problem is you have to pay Dak and you also want to pay Amari Cooper who's your number one wide receiver and you waited to do that and now Michael Thomas got uh, wide receiver for the Saints got this huge deal and now he set the market so now you have to play off of that now it's a little easier because you can always say to Amari Cooper well you're not Michael Thomas you're not Julio Jones you're not on that level so but he's going to get paid close to under that but if you had moved a little bit quicker on that or set the market for it or you know then you probably could have saved yourself some money so anyway my thoughts in regards to Ezekiel Elliott I think he'll miss training camp I don't think he'll miss any of the games but we'll check back in a future episode when we really focus on sports I went a little bit longer on that than I intended to but like I said there's nothing I care more about in terms of 
Um, I mean, no, there's, let me say, there's other stuff. Now, my wife was probably screaming right now, no, there isn't. But I love the Cowboys. I love football. I love sports in general. So it's easy for me to go off on that. But that is coming in future episodes. We're going to be talking about that. Um, so I'm just going to take a quick break right here and then come back to talk about what else is coming up in the Zero to 100 podcast. Is this not why you are here? So... Thank you for, again, listening to the Zero to 100 podcast. And what we're doing is we're talking about what's coming up in some of the future episodes. Uh, Last segment, I was just pretty much talking about Ezekiel Elliott and the Cowboys because what's coming up is we're going to be super sports-centric as football season gears up. Um, And I'm probably going to be going hard on that. So, But anyway, the next episode I can tell you for sure is what I'm calling the follow-up episode. It's going to be the 21st episode of the Zero to 100 podcast. I've been very, very happy uh, with the way it's going, and each episode has been fun and challenging and different. And um, what I wanted to do was actually kind of go back to some of the previous episodes that I had because there's some topics that are... I listened to when I listened to the show after I recorded it and was like, oh, man, I wish I had said that. Or I wish I had got this person to comment about this. And so I wanted to have what's called a follow-up episode where I kind of revisit some old stuff that we listened to or subjects that we talked about. And if you want to be involved, and this is where your chance to also get involved as a listener or if you are a previous guest and you want to get involved, just hit me up. Um, you know how to, if you have my phone number, you know how to text me and get in touch with me. If you are my friend on Facebook, you know how to hit me up on there. Um, you can email the show at 0to100pod at gmail.com. So that's the number 0, T-O, the number 100, then P is in Paul, O is in Oscar, D is in Delta, at gmail.com. If you want to participate, please let me know because it's going to be coming out soon with within um if not within this week it would definitely be next weekend so let me know if you want to participate in the follow-up episode um i just had like i had an episode that i did where i was remembering my sister nikki that passed away this year back in april um it was it was good because i had my brothers and my uh, sister kenya on but there was and i had a conversation with my niece her uh oldest daughter uh samaya but i didn't get a chance to get everybody that i wanted to be involved and i really wanted to get the episode out on her birthday so i am going to have some other family members um who didn't get a chance to say anything um, or be a part of that episode I wanted to give them the chance to share their memories of, of Nikki and some of their thoughts and what they'll miss or some of their fond memories so that's going to be coming um, you know in that fall fo- that's going to be a part of the follow up episode uh, also so my wife like in the pop, the episode uh, before previously before I took the break which was the uh, pop culture connoisseur uh, like I said, I had a conversation with my wife and we were talking about movies that she hadn't gotten to see. And so we were putting together a list of movies I wanted her to watch and we wanted to get her opinion on it. And so the only one that she has finished completely was Die Hard 2. 
And so I will have her on to discuss her feelings on that movie, what her thoughts were. We have been trying to get through the Wiz. Now, <laughs> she's not, like, she won't say that she hates it. I take it that she hates it. Now, her defense is she needed to see it when she was younger, when she was a kid. Like, I liked the movie. I thought it was good. So, but again, when I saw it, I was a kid. And there was elements of it that really still stay with me, even as I'm older. But watching it and listening to the music and seeing it again, I mean, I I can see her issues with it. But I'm trying to get her to finish. Like, we're half an hour left, and she's just like, it's almost like it's a chore for her to watch it. So I was just like, look, if you don't want to watch it, you don't have to watch it. But which she says she's going to finish it, but I can see right now it's probably not going to be a good review of The Wiz. Um, we were trying to watch E.T. That was another one. She just was like, have really no desire to actually watch it. I don't understand it. It's a good movie. And the thing with my wife that kills me is that she, like, there are certain movies that she does, like, flat out. Like, like she likes wholesome movies. She likes funny movies. She likes movies that, um, she likes action movies, but she doesn't like the gore of action. Like, she would prefer, like, an action movie that's not bloody or or super violent and stuff like that. Like, adventurous is more what she prefers because she's not into violence and gore and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, So that is coming. Um, Also, in the follow-up episode, I'll probably share some more of the conversation I had with my uh, niece, Samaya, because, like I said, I talked to her for about an hour, and we had, like, a lot of different pop culture subjects that we we talked on um so after the follow-up episode the big episode that i'm really super excited about is what i'm calling my conspiracy episode and the reason i even wanted to do it like i'll go into more detail for that episode i don't want to shoot everything out right now or just you know put everything out here now but the point of it was is like one of the things that drives me the absolute most crazy for sure is like when i'm surfing facebook or i'm on twitter and i see like uh people share things or comment on certain things that are like linked to some type of conspiracy theory and typically if you look at it it doesn't make any sense or it's not true and if you do a little bit of research it's very easy to disprove it and it really really drives me nuts like as much as i hate i cannot stand donald trump um the fake news is a real thing like even though he overuses it he misuses the term uh where he you know takes legitimate news stories or legitimate uh subjects and goes, oh that's fake news oh if i don't like it or it's bad that's fake news and it really makes me sick that he uses that term uh, and he's pretty much made it popular but it is a real thing and so um, in terms of how it ties to people's thoughts and conspiracy theories that drove me absolutely mad and so I wanted to do an episode really kind of focused on conspiracy theories in general but I like I said earlier I watched this fantastic great documentary called The Great Hack on Netflix and it really ties into um social media and like in especially in terms of how 
how it's used, how it was used in the 2016 election and the Brexit campaign in the UK. So I'm not going to go into any more detail than that, but it's good. That's what episode 22 is definitely going to be about for sure. And I'm excited about that. So uh, if you have any other subjects, like my one friend, Christina, always hits me up when she goes oh we should talk about this or you should have that and even if she's not involved with it like she said just because i give you the subject doesn't mean i have to be involved with it and i'm like oh you know it's cool but i really like talking to her and having her involved especially since she gave me the idea for some of this stuff i'm like well you should participate so uh just because you give me an idea or a subject doesn't mean you have to be involved so you don't have to feel like the pressure I feel like, well, I don't want to give him any subjects or ideas because then he'll want me on. And that's not the case. If you just want to give me an idea or something that you think I should talk about, just hit me up and let me know. Or if you want to participate, I am very open. I have no problems with, I love having conversations with people and talking to people. And um, that's the whole point of this podcast in general. Like, it's called Zero to 100, but... The reality of it is, is that I am, I'm a person that I I cannot stand the mob mentality or group thought on things. Like there is some groups that I like, like I I share the same thoughts with. Um, There are some things that I steer, steer towards, but no subject matter to me, not every, or not every subject matter is black or white like there's so many things that are nuanced and there's this gray area and there's things that like people I feel like people hate compromise and they hate nuance and they just have to go hardline one way or the other and that's the thing that drives me crazy and I go pet like I'm very passionate about stuff but I also love to find the nuance in it and, and see both sides of things at times some subjects I'll say that like there's some subject there's like I'm not gonna go, go one way or the other but that's the the whole point of to me of this podcast in general it's like I said before I love talking about anything and everything um sports is definitely the thing I go the most hard on but as like I love movies I love tv shows I love pop culture and I'm like I, I get pretty fired up about that like in terms of of uh, those subject matters but um like i love politics and i am very also i'm very religious and like i i actually i don't want to say relig- well yeah no i'm i have a very strong i'm strong in my faith and I, and that's something else that i'm passionate about and so all of these subjects and all of these matters are a part of my show and a part of this show and it you know I really look forward to continuing to do this. And uh, after the 22nd episode, I'm probably going to take a little bit of a, a pause, like right before uh, football season starts, because like I said, I want to kind of bank some stuff and put things together so that it comes out way more consistently. Like I've been fairly consistent, like uh, episodes been coming out each uh, week, uh, or definitely each month since uh, March and uh which is when i started it and so i just want to be really much more consistent and i i love the idea of seasons and um 
season finales and stuff like that. So you can kind of say episode 22 is kind of a de facto season finale per se. And then the new season will get started right as football season gears up and gets going. And, um, and, and so I really, really appreciate the feedback I've gotten. I appreciate the support. This was a very unusual episode. Uh, like I said, this is different because this is the first time where it was really just me. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I hope you uh, participate. I hope you hit me up because you want to be involved with some of the upcoming episodes, especially the follow-up episode, which is coming up next. And, um, oh, oh, my goodness. No, 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 no. I'm so sorry. Before I go. Before I go, because, yeah, this was about to wrap it up. Just wanted to do a quick talk in regards to the horrible mass shootings that took place this uh, past this actually just yesterday I'm sorry it was Saturday because today is Sunday um, in this country gun violence is a huge huge problem it's like you know as of this you know report like I saw um, the news report where it was saying this is the 200 the shooting in Dayton Ohio was like the 250th mass shooting in this country in this year alone and the 249th was earlier the same day so you're you're gonna get where this is the point where everybody is gonna come out and be on one side or the other you have people that are gun enthusiasts or be like well guns aren't the problem it's mental disease and it's mental illness and it's um it's not guns it's you know it's it's this and that and it, you know and then people who are against guns are like oh we need to get rid of all guns and all guns are the problem and it's not mental illness and it's it's guns and this and that and, and i am not uh gun advocate i'm not a gun supporter i don't own a gun i don't have a desire to own a gun um but i have zero problems with people who do own guns and who are responsible because there are a ton there are like plenty of people who are very responsible gun owners but um i just feel like there is actually some common sense that is lost whenever you get to this gun debate and the there's such a like a like a mental malaise or there's such an apathy where it's like where it's it's like you just people are numb to it now like it's so common like mass shootings in this country like people are literally numb to it and there's almost like a feeling of complete and utter hopelessness when it comes to this issue and I remember years ago when there was the shooting, the horrible, horrible shooting in Sandy Hook, where uh, over 20 children, like babies, like these are little kids that were killed in a mass shooting. And there was zero new legislation, like zero gun bans, zero assault rifle bans. Um, you, not even universal background check, which is like a simple, simple thing. Like that's universal background check. Like that's not a major thing. That's not saying you can't own guns. And like, that's one of the people who are like NRA lovers or gun advocates will scream to the high heavens that, you know, 
the government wants to take my guns and like that's one of their big things against Obama like the liberals and Obama want to take your guns and the reality of it is, is no they don't they just want things to make sense and they want people to stop being able to have easy access to these weapons so that they can murder a multitude of people um so nobody to me is is like i'm not one of those people that say oh this you know get rid of the second amendment or whatever but the reality of it is like the right to bear arms which is the second amendment people need to comprehend and understand why it was even put forward like what was the point of it like you know why it was in the constitution it was created at a time period when another country could sail across the ocean and come into this country and wage war and the people that were dependent upon fighting the war were you like you living in your house like there like there was an army that was you know put together but the army and the people that was combined was pretty much made up of the citizens of the country so to be able to fight back they were like you should have a weapon or you should have a gun to be able to help defend your country and that's the whole point the reality of it is there is not some foreign country or some foreign invaders that are coming over here that are running through the streets and you have to like do some guerrilla campaign like um you know you could argue or not even argue you could, like america has done that like we've invaded other countries and we've gone into other people's streets and waged war and you know but nobody's doing that here and here's the other thing even if they did the amount of money that we spend on our military we have a formidable like military force that can fight on our behalf even if it was on u.s soil so you don't have to have a gun because they're not looking for you to fight the war you're not even trained for it so then the other argument that people will sit there and say is well if the government ever abused their power wanted to take over we could overthrow the government and that's why i'm keeping my gun to fight back against the government stop please stop you're retarded i'm sorry to say that but you are because here's the other reality let's say uh, again i'm not like let's just this would be a terrible thing but let's just say the government really wanted to like throw out this martial law and authoritarian dictatorship type thing and they're coming after you and they're wanting you know they're they're putting forth this like cold hardcore law and everything and, and you want to fight back it's a short fight you just you don't have the technology or the training or the skill like as great as you think your arsenal is it's not anywhere near the level to compete with another like the, a military like the government's military like in all honesty if they wanted to do something they could just send a drone to blow up your house and then that's a wrap you don't have anti drone technology and stuff like that so stop i don't hear that argument it's retarded then you had the argument of well if more people had guns or if we had guns then we could all 
defend ourselves and they wouldn't have these mass shootings. So the people that got killed in the Walmart in El Paso, which is in Texas, which is a concealed carry state, um, there were people that were in that Walmart that were actually armed, that had guns, and still over 20 people got killed. So please stop with that retarded argument of we need to arm our teachers because what you're going to end up having is pretty much a lot of collateral damage because, again, to actually own a gun and have a gun, you should have proper training and not everybody is trained to have, you know, people aren't marksmen. Not even, like, police officers are, like, expert marksmen in terms, like, they miss. That's why they, like, when they shoot people, they shoot, like, 100 rounds because they're not trained marksmen. So, this is, like, you know, you have this core of people that want to go, hey, this is, uh, let's take this into the wild, wild west, pretty much, where everybody's carrying a gun. Like, yeah, it's not really, it's not really a good strategy, in my opinion and i've had people who've had like this argument who i've had like arguments with, with people like one guy in particular i remember was like arguing with me because uh, this was after one of the mass shootings and i was just like you know the common denominator is the gun or the assault rifle and um he was just like well there was a guy that in china that assaulted people with uh uh no, I'm sorry, I think it was Germany. There was these fellas that had hammers and they assaulted like 15 people with hammers and this and that. And so do you want to ban hammers? I'm like, no moron, because the primary function of a hammer is to like, you, you know, it's a tool. Like you hammer in nails or and, and put things together. Like that's the primary function of it. So like, He's like, oh, a gun is just a tool. Yeah, but the primary function of it is to kill people. There's not a secondary. They're not saying, oh, well, you use a gun because you use a gun to build a house or to put a cabinet together. No, you pretty much use a gun to shoot somebody and kill them. That's the primary function. That's the whole point. And nobody's saying, again, you can't own one. But let's say you want to use it for hunting. That's fine. But you're not going to use an assault rifle to hunt. You just don't. Okay, so you're going to use it for personal defense. Again, you don't need an assault rifle for personal defense. I just, I mean, it's it, there's just some common sense things that you could do. Like... And it, you know, even like people say, well, even if they didn't have guns, they could hurt people and they use knives to attack people or they could use baseball bats or they could use this and that. This is true, but there's no weapon or there's no thing that is created that is makes it so much easier for you to harm a mass people in a very short period of time as an assault rifle or as a as a gun. Like, the guy in Dayton, Ohio, um, that ended up killing um, nine people, injuring 12, that attack lasted for literally just over a minute because police were actually there already on the scene and they actually killed him very quickly. Like, they saved a lot of lives because they responded so quickly. Um, but that attack 
literally was less than two minutes. And nine people were killed and 12 people were injured in less than two minutes. You couldn't do that much damage with a hammer. I don't, you just couldn't. You couldn't do that much damage that quickly with a knife. So, I'm sorry. Try again. Uh, anyway, that is my thoughts in regards to that. And so, uh, again, I want to thank everybody for listening. This is a very different episode. This was just me. And I was sitting there worried a little bit because I was like, oh, man, I don't have anybody to talk to. And I'm not going to really, like, it's just going to be me talking. People probably will get bored with that. But this was, this was good because I got to talk on a number of different subjects. And I got everybody prepared for the upcoming future and so i really really look forward to these upcoming episodes i appreciate you guys listening to this episode and i just hope that you take the information and and you hold on to it especially as the election is really ramping up and um like the debates that just took place (sighs) anyway i'm gonna save that for another episode because i've already kind of went over So, again, if you want to participate, please let me know. Again, to contact me, you can hit me up on uh, Facebook, on uh, text me, call me, uh, or email the show at 02100pod at gmail.com. I really appreciate all the support, and I look forward to doing this again. So, to close the episode out, um, I'm actually going to play the... um, I had a little clip from the movie Idiocracy, and so I'm going to play the full clip in its entirety because it's a funny movie. And again, sadly, I think we are in the Idiocracy. And thanks for supporting and listening. Again, this is the Zero to 100 podcast. We out. Rondo the Thirst Mutilator had come to replace water virtually everywhere. Water, the basic component of all life had been deemed a threat to Brondo's profit margin. The solution came during the budget crisis of 2330, when the Brondo Corporation simply bought the FDA and the FCC, enabling them to say, do, and sell anything they wanted. Joe didn't know any of this, but he did see a problem that he might actually be able to solve. With his options running out, Joe took a bold step. He would not get out of the way. This time, he would lead. For the last time, I'm pretty sure what's killing the crops is this Brondo stuff. The Brondo's got what plants crave. It's got electrolytes. So wait a minute. What you're saying is that you want us to put water on the crops? Yes. Water. Like out the toilet? Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be out of the toilet, but, but yeah, that's the idea. But Brondo's got what plants crave. It's got electrolytes. Okay, look, the plants aren't growing, so I'm pretty sure that the Brondo's not working. Now, I'm no botanist, but I do know that if you put water on plants, they grow. Well, I've never seen no plants grow out of no toilet. Hey, that's good. You sure you ain't the smartest guy in the world? Yeah. So <laughs> Okay, look, you want to solve this problem. I want to get my pardon, so why don't we just try it, okay? And not worry about what plants crave. Brando's got what plants crave. Yeah, it's got electrolytes. What are electrolytes? Do you even know? It's what they use to make Brando. Yeah, but why do they use them to make Brando? Because Brando's got electrolytes.